Welcome, 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 my friends. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian and I are a little damp and a little windblown, but we're both in one piece, and that's the that's the good news. Uh, I think, Ian, on last week's show, I think we were mocking the weathermen for saying that this was going to be like a major weather event, weren't we? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I guess we get to eat our <laughs> words a little bit there. So we, yeah, were, we were like, we've been through storms yeah, before. Yeah, whatever. Wow. Bring it. Yeah. Uh, so this was really something. Now, for those of you who are uh, not as familiar with the show, Ian and I are, are based in Houston. And uh, Houston did not get the brunt of the winds and the hurricane, you know, usual sort of blowing, you know, a. a pencil through a right. telephone pole kind of craziness well like for instance when ike came through what was that 10 years ago yeah now? when Ike came through 10 years ago there was so much wind damage and uh you know things were blowing around trees were down all kinds of stuff was happening none of that happened this time we just got rain yeah and oddly enough in texas a lot of times the rain goes sideways it didn't even go sideways most of the time it just came straight down yes but it was a ton of it well, I will tell you that I'm, uh, as you mentioned last week, I'm up on the 32nd floor in my building, and I actually saw some rain, I'm not kidding you, going up. <laughs> uh, now, I'm sure that was effect of the wind, but you, right, you right. would watch it, the rain would be falling down, then occasionally you see it go sideways, and at one point, it actually looked like snow, because you know how snow will drift. Oh, it flurries in, around, in, right. It flurries and stuff. It actually looked a bit like that. Oh, that's like, funny. That's some pretty serious rain if it's blowing. Uh, so uh, I guess at uh, 32... At 32 stories up, you don't have anything blocking the wind, so you caught some of the wind. Yeah, we caught okay. a little bit of the wind. Uh, you know, fortunately, I've got a big balcony with a railing and stuff, and so there's a little bit of protection from the side of the building. But no, there's there was definitely some wind. So. Right, so I'm at ground level. There was not much wind. I mean, it just didn't kick up very much at all. There were a couple times here and there, but... You but know. at ground level, that's where you have to worry the most about rising water and literally thousands 30, of people. 32 stories up, you probably didn't worry about flooding too much. No, but thousands of people were displaced. Yes, and home, it so. was real sad. My neighborhood, fortunately, uh, was high enough. There was not a lot of water damage in houses in my neighborhood. The houses are, Most of the houses in my neighborhood are up on blocks. And so uh, my water got all the way up in my driveway, got all the way up to the, uh, the, the steps at my front porch, but since my house is on blocks, it would have had to have been a foot and a half higher uh, to, okay. yeah. to actually endanger the house. Now, that being said, I pulled the cars into the back of the driveway because it's Smart. a little higher back there. Smart. It, it was up to the back bumper of my wife's car. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was the pretty high. bumper. That's, <laughs> wow. Well, it, I know you texted me a photo the first night of the serious yes, rain yes. of crazy rain dripping off, uh, I guess, part of the roof of your carport. Is that oh, and is? if you expanded that photo, you'd see my truck in the background which yeah. is black on a dark night and you'd see that it was literally right up to the running boards on right up truck. to the running boards and water and then I, I texted you back like dude are you okay and i think the next text you said yep smoking a cigar on my back porch watching the rain so <laughs> actually so i was on my front porch oh okay? you were on the front porch so i have a carport in the back you know like i'm a patio area but it's it's pretty tall yeah so wind will blow you know like the the rain right in there if it's right. if it's raining hard or you get a lot of splashback. So I ended up on my front porch, which has a much lower ceiling to it, so to speak. And it, there's just enough room on my front porch for two uh, camp-style chairs. And me and my wife sat out there and watched the river that used to be my street yeah. go by. Now, again, fortunately, there wasn't a lot in the houses. Uh, and, and fortunately, my neighborhood's up high enough to where there wasn't a lot of car damage. I mean, I'm sure there was some on some other streets, but just overall where we were, we were just watching it going wow, and sat out there and smoked cigars. And to be honest with you, like the, what else are you going to do at that point? In time? Right. There's nothing you can do. Right. You're just kind of stuck in the so cigars the and beer. It was, I had a good old time. <laughs> we should have done a show at your house, uh, but then of course right. I'd have probably been stuck at your house. And you that wouldn't have been, been, that wouldn't have been great for you and your wife. Uh, <laughs> have me stuck there. For I got a, a guest week, room. So. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we do want to mention by the way uh, that uh, we, and we don't want to, you know, turn this into uh, the weather show, but we do want to mention that you know anyone who is uh, who's dealing with the after effects of Hurricane Harvey, that our thoughts and best wishes and prayers go out to you, and we uh, we hope that you can enjoy hearing the show, and maybe it'll uh, you know there lift are, your spirits and make you think about some of the finer things that you'll be getting. There back are a to, lot so. of organizations out there right now doing uh, uh, donations and stuff for people who are in shelters for uh, for people who lost a ton of stuff. So if you feel it. 
you know, go look up some of those and just donate. Donate what's needed, though. Don't just randomly send stuff because, right. you know, like some of these companies, they don't know what to do with random stuff. But mm-hmm. some people need these things or those things, and they can use that. So. I know at the shelters they need socks and dog food. That that much I know. Socks and dog <laughs> socks food. Socks and so. dog food. Uh, so our show is about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are live today at a place that I am actually intimately familiar with uh we are at uh casa de monte cristo uh right at uh, 610 in richmond between richmond and westheimer on 610 uh in houston and casa de monte cristo has been known for years as serious cigars and this was i used to live in about two blocks from here and i don't even want to try to guess how much money I've spent at this store. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the size of the humidor? Oh here? my God, it's enormous. Now, I started as a customer of this store when they were actually back around the corner yeah, in another yeah, uh, location on, on Richmond Ave. Mm-hmm. And they had a big humidor there. And then they moved into this one. I remember when they first moved in, it was like that. They actually, as crazy huge as their selection was, there were empty spots on the shelves because they couldn't, <laughs> they didn't have quite enough boxes of cigars to fill. By the way, that's long been remedied. Oh yeah, and it is it is full to overflowing yeah. now. Uh, but they are you know they have great prices and they have a great staff and we'll be talking with Ken uh, a little bit later. Plus we also have I'm really excited about this uh, actually because AJ from Ventura Cigars is also going to be our special guest on the show today and uh, Ventura is one of I-, I call them the new wave of cigar companies. They're very different and much more like aggressive and stylish in their uh, in the way they market their cigars they don't just do the old school marketing way which totally has its place by the way i love the old school as mm-hmm. well but these are the guys behind like psycho cigars and like some of the some of the cigar br- blends where you look on the shelf and you go well that's different maybe i should check that out so uh so we'll get to well, some of that i think some of their blending is a little more too. aggressive or crafty or however I, you want to look i at think it that's too. right and i'm looking forward to asking him some of those questions uh plus we're going to be tasting i think some pretty exciting things we brought uh, brought along some St. Arnold Oktoberfest which if I'm not mistaken this may be the first beer that we have tasted more than once on the show because I believe we did it last fall uh, you know it wouldn't Oktoberfest surprise me show. because when St. Arnold Oktoberfest comes out I drink a lot of it well I thought we'd better go ahead and and kind of do the official <laughs> review just address it and just address it and get it out of the way because I know <laughs> you and I have both had it uh, in our refrigerators at home ever since it first came out because this is a beer that both of us love so we'll talk about that uh, plus Clown Shoes Brewing one of my favorite indie breweries out of Massachusetts I've brought us uh, some of their baked goods, Hoppy Pale Ale. Clown Shoes, the first year I saw them was at the uh, uh, Brewmeisters Festival in Galveston, Texas. Yes. And uh, me and my wife walked into that place, and we were wandering around looking at the different booths, and we saw this place called Clown Shoes, which, of course, we had to walk up to. It's called Clown Shoes. (laughs) They had nobody there. Yeah, absolutely nobody there. We walked up, and I was like, oh, I'll just try, a, uh, I think they had the uh, uh, muffin top. Uh-huh. I was like, I'll muffin try one of those. Beer too. And I, I got about three steps away from the booth. I went, oh, I'm going to try something else of theirs and something else of theirs. I tried all their beers Because that's how good the beer a was. A half hour later, you couldn't even get close to their booth. Yes. Like, it was nuts. Word got out, and you couldn't even get, because they had a line that was past other booths. Now, these guys are in the greater Boston area, Conchus. When I lived in Boston, they had not opened yet. And so the big uh, kind of favorite local brewery uh, in Boston at that time, other than Boston Beer Company, the Sam Adams guys, of course, uh, was Harpoon. And Harpoon's another great uh, indie brewery. But the uh, the Clown Shoes guys kind of came in and sort of turned the market on its ear a little bit because yeah. they also, we were talking about this with uh, with Ventura Cigar, uh, Clown Shoes a bit aggressive in their marketing yes, too. Yes. Uh, just kind of the way they go about things. Most interesting yeah. names, most interesting interesting labels no no question well yeah. just to call it clown shoes yeah. beer i mean <laughs> that alone is interesting so and we also have a couple of stone things which we'll get to and we'll talk about coming up a little later uh, on the show gonna be sharing some interesting stuff with you in addition to smoking some uh, uh ventura uh, cigar company cigars and i'm really excited about i'm really excited about all of this we've got a really nice show planned out for you today and i'm just checking our, our timer okay we're good um so we did survive hurricane harvey we did smoke during the hurricane. Both of us did. Yes. Uh, I didn't have the experience that I was hoping for, the inside-out umbrella 
experience smoking a cigar, but I did stand in the door of my place and basically smoke while being pelted <laughs> by rain. Uh, so, so that's our official report on the hurricane. That's dedication, yeah, by the way. That is. Uh, that's that's exactly right. Uh, there's a new world record being set for the world's longest cigar. So we'll be telling you about that coming up. Uh, plus, uh, the big fight was this last week, the uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight. And both of these guys are releasing commemorative spirits. So we'll tell you about that coming up. Uh, and, uh, oh, uh, Piggly Wiggly stores also. Piggly releasing, Wiggly stores. Yeah, releasing their own Oktoberfest beer. Piggly Wiggly is a grocery store chain that's, I think, mostly in the southeast. But I bring them up just because I like saying Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. It's just a fun thing to say. <laughs> yeah. But they're releasing their own Oktoberfest beer. So we'll tell you that story. Let me tell you real quick, <clears throat> before we get into our second segment, about the... Uh, World's longest cigar. It takes a lot of tell. space sometimes to uh, to break a world record, especially when you're trying to break the record of the world's longest cigar. I just want to point out, any cigar company that says size doesn't matter, yes, has small cigars. That, that's a that's right. a good way to that's a good way to go into this. And you're absolutely <laughs> right. The current largest cigar on record uh, was that record was set in 2011 by Jose Castellar Cairo known as Cueto of Cuba La Triada uh, Cigar Shop in Havana, according to the Guinness Book of World Records and the website. The longest cigar measured 81.80 meters, or 268 feet, 4 inches. Yeah, 268 feet, 4 inches. Well, Raul Rayner of Pomona, California, and the Mi Havana Cigar House there, earlier this month rolled a 332-footer. (laughs) <laughs> which he, he believes will break. It's not been confirmed, at least as of the time of the article I've, uh, I've, I've read here. Hasn't been confirmed yet by Guinness, but looks That's like he will break. Field. The wo- Original plans were for it to be 304 <laughs> feet long, which would have been the length of 38 eight-foot folding tables set up end-to-end, just to give you an idea. <laughs> but several days in, the cigar had grown to 332 feet, and uh, he said, well, we figured we had... More time and plenty of tobacco, and we might as well use it all up. So that's uh, that's what they did, and that was that was the plan. So uh, so we got a lot going on. I'm excited about bringing our special guests on, and uh, we have what may be the most special tequila we've ever had on the show uh, that we'll also be tasting, and I'll tell you about that coming up. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. By the way, we are brought to you by our fine friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant on um, Washington Ave in Houston, and soon to be open in Fort Worth, where they're substantially drier than uh, the Houston location. No, I, I, I think I think B and B was fine, but uh, uh, but boy, do these guys have an amazing place to stop and enjoy a cigar. They've got an awesome awesomely well-stocked and well-attended bar. And I just spoke with our buddy uh, Jeremiah from there, and he is excited about heading to New York uh, next week to choose their cask of this new whiskey, that they're going to be the only place in the country that has this cask of this uh, exciting new whiskey from the Hudson Bay Distillery. That's so, going to be nice. Yeah, so he's really excited. And I can't wait to taste it. It's going to be awesome. So, <laughs> uh, Today we are live at one of my favorite places in the entire city of Houston. Uh, it's Casa de Monte Cristo, although I've been coming here for years uh, as it's been called Serious Cigars. It just recently changed names because it was acquired by, uh, was it, it Tabacalera, is that right? Right? Uh, that, that acquired it. And so uh, so they're changing it. They All of the shops that they're acquiring around the country, they're changing to their uh, branding of uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. So that's what the new sign says, but it's still the same uh, still the same awesome place. And uh, we want to say hello and welcome to uh, uh, Ken Wen. Ken. Hey, how's it going? Show. It's nice. First of all, thank you for having us here. Thank you for coming. What a, what a, what a great place. And, and as I said at the top of the show, uh, at least some of... Your expansion here was due to the many, many dollars I've spent in this store over the past several years. Oh, yeah. You probably paid for this room we're sitting in right now (laughs) and the TV on the wall. I think it's entirely possible. At least that lamp over there. At least the lamp. The the very minimum. Maybe the the floor rug. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, my gosh, you guys have got the... An enormous humidor, and I do remember coming here when you first opened this location, and you had the enormous humidor, but... Even with as many cigars as you had, it didn't quite fill the room. Now you're now you're nice and full. Oh yeah, we're yeah. full now. I mean, we have one of the 
I'd say top ten largest humidors. Um, definitely one of the biggest in Texas. Yes, you and, know? and I just I just want to point out when you say it's a huge humidor, you are not joking. It's actually bigger than some apartments I've had. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. If if you are listening to us and you are in an apartment in New York, this humidor is bigger than your apartment. Yes. I'm just gonna <laughs> definitely. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that. Um, so. Uh, Ken, how many how many serious cigar locations were there, and are all of them Casa de Monte Cristo now? Yeah, we had four uh, locations. Okay. Um, the most recent one was in Webster, going towards Galveston, mm-hmm. and uh, all four were acquired by Casa de Monte Cristo. Okay, so it's along with them, and we have also another one in Austin and Dallas and in now, Houston. It was the four. And how long have you been here uh, with uh, serious cigars <laughs> slash Casa de Monte Cristo? Uh, <laughs> Maybe about a month. <laughs> Maybe about a month. Okay. Yeah, but I've been shopping here as long as you have. Okay. Yeah, so I've been so, smoking so, here. Hold on a second. So I came in here and had a cigar. You came when I was on training like, week. You were on training <laughs> week when I first talked to you. I had no idea. I just came in and we started a conversation. I was like, hey, we do this. We'd love to do a show here. And you were yeah. excited about it. And I was excited about it. I had no idea you were on training. <laughs> yeah, I've only been here like a little over a month. <laughs> so, uh, so Ken, uh, the guys that have been here for a while... Has a lot changed for them since uh, since it's become Casa Monte Cristo? No, I has mean, it been a lot of behind the scenes stuff, or is it really just kind of business as usual? I or? mean, it's a little more. It's a corporate company, so you know right. we got more structure. But the uh, the employees itself, um, it worked out really well for them. Uh, they do a lot of spiffs, contests in house. Uh, so where these guys get sent out to the Dominican Republic to go see their farm, their factory this month. Wow. Uh, they sent one person from every store, not nice. just. Yeah, it wasn't like a whole company competition. So they sent everybody. And the previous month, they sent somebody to uh, the Connecticut farm. So they always have a lot of you know good in-house you know things going on because it's, it is a corporate company. So. So what did um, you do exactly to get the job here, and how does that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was, I was smoking here for a while. I yeah. used to own. A, so so is this like? In like uh, uh, what was the movie where the the guys oh a uh, high fidelity where the yes. two guys just hung out at the record shop so and they just ended up getting a job started working there <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it was something like that uh, <laughs> pretty much I came here a lot pretty often uh, before I used to own uh, I used to have a contract with Kroger and mm-hmm. I owned a, a chain of sushi bars that are operate within them oh, cool. all around Houston Dallas Louisiana and so I sold it uh, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world to you know retire early and then I got stuck at home with you know my other half and she was 24 7 for a year so i was always hanging She's out like, at the shop i started making yeah. a point and then after a while i was like i had enough and uh the current man the previous manager he he was on his way out to retire so i told him i was like hey i just need like a part-time cashier position just give me something to do it's all right and they ended up just shooing me in and somehow i ended up here as a uh, awesome. gm you needed to be able to say I have to go to work. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, to get yeah, out of the house. Other than, why I are you understand. going over there to smoke all the time? Why don't you stay home? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I have the perfect so. excuse. So you've uh, lined up a, a special guest for us uh, while we're here this week, and we want to say hello to him uh, as well. Uh, why don't you introduce uh, AJ? Uh, this good friend of mine, uh, AJ uh, Costa from uh, Ventura Cigars. He's and- in-house. And AJ is here, and he's brought to, he's brought smokables with him. He's been so, generous with the swag. Have you already lit up, Ian? I have. Uh, what are you smoking? I have. I am having uh, an archetype, uh, strange passage. Okay. Strange passage. So, uh, so first of all, AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Really nice to have you. Tell, what can you tell us about this uh, about the archetype strange? passage that Ian's got lit here. Basically, I'm like Aaron Neville. I don't know much, but I have cigars for you. So, just kidding. Just kidding. And, by the way, well if, I, if I may quote I Linda Ronstadt, that Please. may be all I need to know. And that's exactly, <laughs> that's that's the wavelength I wanted to be on. Now that we're on the same page. Good. Uh, so, this, the Strange Passage is something for us that's made out of the Davidoff factory. It has a he- Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, something a little different on the binder for Honduran Corojo, uh, since it is Honduran itself. Uh, coming out of the Occidental factory, and then what we like to call a multi-country blend. You'll see that through a lot of our stuff on the filler. Don't really feel like giving out a lot of information on the, the full access of the blend, but sure, the multi-country blend is something we you'll see a lot from this us. This is uh, rated as a full-flavored cigar, and I got to tell you, uh, it's a very gentle full-flavored cigar. I w- like I it's about a to very say, maybe gentle is not the right word. It's a very smooth and creamy full-flavored cigar. Yeah, I mean, if it's full, it's full on the flavor side. I would probably call it a full minus or a medium plus to be really yeah, yeah. to be really honest. But on the nicotine side, none of our cigars are going to be full from the heavy side um, as far as an impact for your smoking experience 
Um, they're all pretty balanced, uh, pretty well balanced, excuse me, and then also uh, at the same time smokable for all levels. We're not we're aging them, you know, just like everyone else will with enough time. You know, the Davidoff and the Drew Estate factories uh, and La Aurora and Placencia, uh, the factories our stuff comes out of, definitely we get well, the same kind of treatment everybody else does. This is pretty nice. My pre-light uh, sniff on this and pre-light draw were almost identical. There's a little bit of campfire and a little bit of earth kind of and a little bit of leather kind of flavors uh, right off the bat. It lit up pretty much the same way. No harshness at all on the light. And I'm um, about almost an inch into it right now, and it's just big, creamy, smooth. The flavors are developing. It's a pretty nice cigar so far. Thanks. And for the for the it. guys who are from a color standpoint, uh, it's also the green label, the Strange Passage. You know, a lot of a lot of time I get the, well, what's the red label? The blue, the green, the gold, no, that's right. it's, the silver. Sometimes that's the easiest way it is. to remember it's a lot, which yep. one we'll refer we're to those as exactly. Kool-Aid flavor. The there Kool-Aid we go. Flavors, All right. Yeah. Yes. So, so you green got, apple. You've got the yes. green flavor. Yes. I got the green. I've got go. the Axis Mundi, which, first of all, talk about a beautiful cigar look yeah. at that that's just gorgeous oily dark beautiful leaves uh really really nice tell me about this one this so, is from drew estate isn't it that is from drew estate uh the axis mundi has an interesting uh indonesia sumatra binder to me uh, obviously you know you get more from the from the wrapper which is a maduro habano uh, out of ecuador but uh that indonesian sumatra really does something a little bit different from the fl- flavor profile standpoint and recently uh, from another media outlet, we got a 93 and a 91 rating in Cigar well, Aficionado. So. I'm not surprised because at just a you know tiny you know tenth of an inch in, this is already just an absolute complex flavor bomb. For sure. For me, I mean, I'm I'm a smaller ring gauge smoker, so for the strange passage uh, that Ian's smoking, uh, that short robusto is just my utter jam, and then the yeah. uh, Corona. Uh, on the Axis Mundi is is just phenomenal, but they smoke really well. They're balanced from a blend standpoint, so you're going to get the same experience whether you're a Gordo or a Corona, Toro, Robusto guy, Churchill, what have you. Well, these are these are great cigars for us to start the show with. I absolutely love it. Uh, tell me what uh, so with your Ventura uh, cigars, but you're sourcing your cigars from different cigar makers different factories so so how does that work and how do you how do you sort of maintain your or or like the archetype brand for example even even within that brand it's sourced from different cigar makers so how do you how do you maintain your identity along with these different cigars because obviously drew estate's very well known better known at this point probably than archetype of course yeah Yeah, naturally i mean you can also find the good thing is from our partnerships uh, from a parent company standpoint uh, is Phillips and King. And so they are our, our parent company, which we are a massive uh, international distributor of um, nicotine and tobacco products. And also, you know, all your tobacco needs can be fulfilled by uh, Phillips and King. So Ventura is under Phillips and King from the Ventura side of California. Um, the flagship brand was Psycho. Uh, and if you notice on the Psycho packaging, you'll see seven different names. Those are seven different people who are involved in the blending and the making and the selling of that cigar. Kind of the idea that they were crazy enough, mental, right? Enough, uh, mentally crazy <laughs> enough had to Psycho. start a cigar a line. And that's made by Davidoff for us as well, coming out of the Occidental factory. And that's the thing that really got us uh, on the map. And so it, it we were able to have these... these uh, uh, partnerships with cigars through our connections from our long-standing history uh, through Phillips and King as well uh, from Sergio Montalfo, our uh, general manager, and then also Hugo Casar, who's our owner. And so we're able to have those connections. And you can also find that X Mundi on the Drew Estate uh, Diplomat app. Oh, nice. So nice. just a little tidbit there. So very cool. All right, when we come back, I want to ask you some questions about the Psycho line. You got it. I uh, want to ask Ken some more questions about uh, Serious Cigars. We haven't even talked about this amazing lounge that we're sitting in, the Members Lounge, and how enormous it is. Uh, so we want to get to that, and we've yet to taste our first beer. So it's Oktoberfest time uh, when we come back. It's Smoking and Toasting. You are listening to the program that is all about craft beer, uh, distinctive fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And speaking of craft beer, Ian, I can't wait another moment. Let's talk 
St. Arnold Oktoberfest. Oh, we don't have to wait. I've been drinking this for weeks okay, now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, I, I realize this, but let's but let's talk about it. We're we're uh, tasting a little bit of it right now. It officially hit stores what about two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been it's been out just a little bit. And I tell you, uh, I snap this up every time it comes out because this is one of my favorite seasonals. And uh, St. Arnold's seasonals are so good anyway. Yes. Well. Um, we're going to have to do an Oktoberfest show, I think. We may and, have to. And do, you know, just do an all Oktoberfest tasting. But this one definitely deserves to be tasted on its own. Because well, and, and just due to my personal uh, vigilance, I've done many Oktoberfest beer tastings. This is one of my absolute favorites in the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and, I, you know, and I haven't limited it to like only locals or nationals or any of that stuff. This, right. this particular beer is just such a good Oktoberfest. Such a... Uh, it's, it's such a, a a good example of a style. Well, you know? and one of the things that I've always loved about you is your dedication to the research, and I think that's well, a particularly important. Research is difficult, yeah. you know, and you have to dedicate yourself time and effort to it. And if you don't, you get nothing out of it, you know. Uh, I knew uh, the first time I tasted this, though, that this would be a beer that you would really like because you love malt, whereas I. Uh, maybe default to hops, you default to uh, the malty flavor. And this is such a rich, malty taste that immediately, I will tell you, even though it's still pretty warm outside, when I taste these flavors, I immediately think of fall. <laughs> it, it, right. it really does have that have that impact and that vibe. Well, not only that, but it's the color of the leaves of on the trees in fall. I mean, yes. it's, it's that beautiful reddish, a uh, little amber to it. Um you know, it's it's a light drinking beer. It's not it's not a big heavy beer. It looks a little darker than what you'd expect a light mm-hmm. drinking beer to be, but it's very malt forward. It it's, is. Um, it's and malt it's, forward, but it also has malt on the finish too. Well, which here, is, let me let me clear this up. All beer has malt and hops, right? You know, they just it all has it to some degree. It just depends on how you balance it. You know, um, so in this case, the the, the flavor is more malt forward, and the hops is just there to. Uh, to add aroma and a little bitterness on the end uh, to finish nice and crisp, those mm-hmm. kind of things. But again, even though it looks like a, a heavier beer, it's it's the the label even suggests it's a little bit you know more heavy in the seasonal. We think of you know fall and Christmas flavors as being much more spicy and bold and things like that. Well, this has a little bit of that, but it's really hop sweetness too on the front end. I really enjoy this. It's really an enjoyable beer. And like you said, very drinkable, very sessionable. This is not one where you have to just have one and go, okay, that tasted amazing. Now what am I going to drink for the rest of the evening? I mean, this can be this can be your go-to for a while. A 12-pack of this actually got me through the hurricane days. And, you know, that's, there's something to be said for that. Speaking of hurricane, by the way, uh, Anheuser-Busch stopped brewing beer for I think a day or two in order to can water to send to Hurricane Harvey uh, stricken areas. Kudos to them. Which is a huge and awesome thing and to do. And when you say a day or two, like you have to understand the scope of what Anheuser-Busch does in a yeah, day. Yeah, in a day. Absolutely. Like millions and thousands or whatever it is. I don't know what the actual numbers are, but it's, it's so huge that them stopping brewing for a day is, is a crazy amount yes. of water that they're canning for for uh, donation. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I want to get, actually, I'd uh, uh, love to get a can of it. Not that I want to take it away from someone who desperately needs it, but I would love to have a can of it as a souvenir. Right. You know, it'd be a cool, cool little piece of, oh, yeah, of me memorabilia. Yeah. I would agree. And I didn't know that canned water lasts a lot longer from a um, storage sustainability standpoint than uh, bottled water than bottled or water. even yeah. bagged water. Yeah. The canned water is the best thing you can actually find. That's totally interesting. And I never, I've never even seen it. So that's interesting. I, it's a pretty cool thing they're doing. We're live at, uh, I, I started to just call it Serious Cigars. I've got to get used to uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. It, it is a cooler name, I will say. Casa de Monte Cristo. It's like, oh, i got to stop there and check that place out. Uh, uh, but, but Serious Cigars was just that. It was a serious cigar store. Casa de Monte Cristo, I think more of, I think it would almost more as a lounge with one of the hugest humidors ever than uh, than almost than a cigar store. Uh, Ken, this this lounge is is enormous. How many how many chairs are in this? We're in the members' lounge here. Is where we're doing the show. Yeah, this is yeah, not the only the members' lounge. lounge. Yeah, our public lounge is a little smaller than this. Um, I'm not really sure. I think it's maybe about fifty thirty six chairs in here. Wow. So forty, depending. Um, we have some chairs in here too. 
<laughs> and we have a conference room, and That's um, great. the members here have their own private locker and humidification. Um, Newly installed Domino's table that Kenny won't talk about. Cause, oh yeah, because he doesn't want to get beat on it on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just lots. actually is, uh, put in a Domino's card table in here. Lots and uh, lots of TVs. Yeah, lots yeah. of big TVs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to have a twenty-four hour access here when they're members, so they can come here and smoke whenever they want. And I've noticed we've been puffing away for a little while here, and the smoke just seems to kind of float up in the air and disappear. Oh, yeah. We have a really strong uh, ventilation. Uh, it's exhaust. It's like an exhaust fan type system, um, which is a lot, it's a lot cheaper to put on, um, but it's also a lot more efficient compared to a lot of the humidification systems that a lot of people have. It looks like a giant AC unit on top of their building. It's kind of an eyesore, but... Well, well, we're not on top of the building, so it's not bothering <laughs> me at all. I want to point out, too, uh, I've been coming to, before it was Casa de Monte Cristo, I've been coming to Serious Cigars for a while, too, because there's only really two places in town that sell uh, a decent amount of pipes and pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Yeah, you've got and a nice... And that's carried over. You've got nice blends out front and carry some uh, tins and some bulk that are, uh, that are very nice. And uh, I have to laugh because... Uh, one of uh, Cruz's friends had a blend with him at one point in time. He goes, I don't remember where I got this. And I took it and <laughs> smelled it. I said, oh, that's the ladies love it. That's ah, our, our number <laughs> like, one I seller. smell it right off the bat. I was like, that's the ladies love it for serious cigars. <laughs> <laughs> this was about a year ago. So oh, that's, okay. that's what it was. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, that, and that's a nice blend, a nice aromatic blend. Oh, you yeah, definitely. smell it a mile away. It smells yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wonderful. it smells really good. Um, the room note on it's beautiful. So um, how... Um, how difficult is it for you guys, and I realize you've only been here a little while, but how difficult is it to decide, even though you've got this enormous humidor, to decide what to stock? Because there's obviously, you've got you to stock what's going to sell and what's going to be worthy of, yeah. of the shelf space. And has any of that changed since uh, you became Casa de Monte Cristo, or is the process of how you guys choose your stock the same? Yeah, I mean, um, it still is kind of the same. Uh, I would say... When they, uh, when Castaneda Monte Cristo acquired us, that they kept track of what sold, what didn't, and some of the stuff that didn't sell or moved within the last, I'd say a month. You know, we didn't move a stick or not. Um, we put it on a closeout as a non-go fourth item. I love and closeouts. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, Especially under those circumstances, because there's really good sticks that aren't that popular. Yeah, and you know they've been sitting on the shelf, so they've been aging all That's that right. time. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we always get new products coming in. Um, you know, great guys like AJ come in and say, "Hey, this is a new item." And Try you got to make room for that. Stuff, yeah, and right? we got yeah. plenty of room. That's you know? exactly so, right. Um, you have to make room for the things I bring in, Kenny. Thank yeah, you. So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, he he'll bring in items, and you know, we try them out. They're great smokes. You know, we you know contact upper management and have them ship it to us. So we're always constantly getting new items in. AJ, the Psycho line, which is P S Y K O Psycho, some of the most aggressive cigar marketing I think I've ever seen, just in terms of the you know the the typeface on the band. It looks loud. It looks aggressive. It looks young. And then I find out, oh, these are made by Davidoff. Like I can't think of a more like conservative, you know, like gentle <laughs> cigar company really than than Davidoff. You think of all the cigars looking, you know, uh, exactly the same in terms of branding and 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 all of that. So uh, so wow, where did where did, did Davidoff just decide they wanted to grow a wild hair and do something crazy? No, I think uh, the folks over at Phillips and King uh, grew that wild hair, and so they saw also you know the the need for the, in the market for the boutique side of things. But with the backing that a very large company can give you, right? So um, you kind of have boutiques are great. They are the you know bread and butter at times, and and everyone has started out as a boutique. Even you know some of the Tatuaje and LFD um, you know kind of guys sure. that, uh, have grown out to be you know just monsters in the industry. They started somewhere too. Well, Drew Estate started Drew Estate as a, a, a hundred, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just 100%. like a little cigar card. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Right. So similar idea there with us. Um, it's why we have uh, the great relationships from the um, wholesaling side, the distribution side that we have uh, for the you know over a hundred years, and so that really is what started the whole idea. Um, and they're made for us out of the Dominican, out of Davidoff's factory. So you are one hundred percent correct. A little dichotomous from Psycho from Davidoff, but yes. But and Psycho is also more aggressive in terms of flavor too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. The, you got San Andreas wrapper for the Maduro, um, and then you have. Um, 
on the the natural. You have a regular Dominican uh, with the Mexican Sumatra as the binder, uh, and then the Connecticut is also Ecuadorian Connecticut with the San Vicente on the binder. So a little bit across the board there, different type of blending and smokes too. So, yep. Yeah, I've had uh, a couple of the different psycho blends and really enjoy them. I thought I thought they were very. Uh uh, the word that comes to mind is powerful. Like they were, like these are some good full cigars. So, yep, and they're uh, they're our flagship brand. So people sent, tend to um, have a, you know remember them in a great way or go, oh, I didn't really you know didn't really hit my palate well. But for us, it's it's a cornerstone, keystone item for us, uh, being our flagship brand that we started our whole cigar aside with Ventura cigars. All right, so want to find out more about that, and uh, also uh, have well, we have we're running a little behind on our tasting here, so we've got a couple of beers to taste. But in our next segment, <coughs> we're going to taste the most beautifully named bottle of tequila I've ever discovered. That'll I need my little. Up. I need my little sound machine for a yes, drum roll. Right yes, there. <laughs> that'll be coming up in our next segment. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is episode number 55, by the way. We are so glad to have you guys uh, listening and so glad to be a part of the hurricane party at Casa de Monte Cristo. Uh, we are brought to you, by the way, by the fine folks at B&B Butchers and uh, Restaurant on Washington Ave in Houston, soon to be open in Fort Worth. And these guys, we can't let a whole episode go by without mentioning the bacon. Bacon. Yes. Try bacon. the bacon. Trust us. Get the bacon. You just, can actually go into the little shop. They have a, a little uh, butcher shop in front, and you can buy the uh, piece, uh, the the bacon, you know, the steaks, the meats, and all yeah. that stuff. But you can actually buy the bacon and take it home in a oh. kit and cook it at your house and have that same. Have you appetizer. tried it? Yet? I, not yet. But okay, man. <laughs> well, when you so do, good. I expect to be invited yeah, over. I don't so. wear like cologne. It's pretty yeah. amazing stuff. <laughs> If I can smell like bacon and blue cheese for the rest of the day, I think I'd be okay. Nothing about that is bad. Right? Nothing about dogs that is bad. Me, but either way. Um, so I want to introduce to us now uh, a new tequila that we're going to be tasting on the show. And uh, this caught my eye on the store shelf. Number one, because it's a beautiful and attractive uh, bottle of Reposado tequila. We need to put a drum roll right here yeah. in post-production. Yeah, post-production. This drum is where roll. the drum roll will be inserted. Uh, <laughs> if you're not hearing a drum roll, that's because we... Had too much of the tequila and didn't remember to go back and insert the drum roll into the show. But no, it, it's a really beautiful uh, bottle. It's kind of a wedge shape. It has a really nice uh, sort of that old school uh, Victorian cross uh, on the front. And it is the Reposado tequila that we'll be sampling today is Cruz Tequila. <laughs> oh, man. How good does that get? It's even special. Spelled the same yeah, way. So, well, so here's the thing. Uh, we will try this tequila, and now I've put it out there. If this tequila isn't very good, then I'm going to have some splaining to do. Uh, so, uh, and it also says Cruz del Sol. Yeah, so you know yeah I mean. the sun, yes. Yes, Cruz uh, so, the sun. All right, so, Ian, you can pour that, and uh, while you do that, uh, and we'll get ready to take Now, this is not an Añejo. This is a Reposado, so it's not aged as long as the Añejo. But I was uh, uh, you know, I was talking to some people about tequila the other day, and a lot of people like the Blanco and the Reposado a little more. I'm kind of an Añejo guy, I will say. But some people like the Blanco and the Reposado more because it's a more um, – you get more of the actual flavor of the agave without it being as influenced by the barrels that it's been aged in. so Yeah, and I'll uh, take the barrel all day long. So, but yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an Añejo guy too, but Reposado does not, uh, I won't kick it out of bed. Does not usually disappoint, yes. That's absolutely right. So we're pouring, uh, we're pouring a little bit of this uh, sweet, uh, sweet nectar of the gods here, uh, and we'll see how this goes. It's been a, a few weeks since we've had a tequila on the show, Ian, so I'm, I'm actually very interested uh, to see how this goes. Thank, I will say thank you for filling up the airspace while I was pouring. It's you are to, so welcome. It's hard yeah, to have gotta, my hand on a, a bottle of tequila and the glasses and a microphone all at the same time. Although, if there's anyone who can do it, my faith would be in you. I, I just bring a mic stand next time. I talk the whole time and do it. Right? You got to um, train an octopus to, to to do some of this stuff for you with all the tentacles. Can really just for all of you out there who wonder what happens, you know, in between our segments. That's where we put all our awkward silence. We try to keep that off. Off the show as much as possible, yeah. Uh, people have accused me of being awkward, but I've never been accused of silence. So, uh, <laughs> well, so that's, uh, that's, you know, just so you know. So first, uh, first sort of on the nose, 
this does you can definitely tell or at least i can i can kind of get the impression that it is more of a reposado it's a little more straightforward mm-hmm. uh you're not picking up some of those like vanilla notes I mean, we made when we taste but at least on the nose i'm not picking no, up no but like, it also has a very gentle notes. tequila yes uh, nose to it it's it not, does it's not harsh it doesn't smell like like it's going to be harsh at well, all well remember lime and salt are only really used to mask the uh flavors of i call that poor, training wheels if you need training tequila. wheels yes. well that's the level of tequila yes. that you're drinking. I'm about to say this this does on the nose smell like a late 20s early 30s tequila let me yes. tell you that yeah, yeah it's I, not I, an early I, 20s college town tequila for sure right it it, it at, least, at the very least smells like that transitional tequila exactly yeah. there is nothing wrong with this tequila uh, all right, so you've taken your first like, I've sip. I've taken my got? first sip. It is actually a little one-dimensional. It's not real complex, but it's delicious that's a lot at like, the same time. That's a lot like me. I don't think I'm yes. really all that complex, but I'm friendly and one-dimensional in well, a really nice like, way. Like me, deep down inside, I'm really shallow, actually. So. <laughs> Wait, did I, I like, say that or did I think that? No, yeah, yeah that came you know out what, loud. You know what's great about this, though? Definitely it has, As you were saying, it's not your like early 20s tequila. It does not have that... Burn down the back that makes you go. Oh my god! There is very little heat to this at all. Actually, yeah, it, it, it really, is, really is very smooth. More warmth than anything else. And I think what you said earlier about the nose also comes through um, on the palate is that it's straightforward for sure. It, yeah, it's very, very straightforward. Uh, it also goes well with the cigar. Yeah, that which, I'm which you just ashed onto the floor accidentally, but that's okay. Onto the floor. <laughs> that's the great thing about being in the cigar lounge. Is that <laughs> I think I, my I think my favorite part of the tequila is the name of it. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, <laughs> and I appreciate that. And 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 it is, you know, I mean, they knew they were going to sell at least one bottle, right? You know, at least one that was going to happen. Right, they so, sold it specifically on the name. Yeah, yeah, but no, I actually think it. I actually think it's quite good, and it and it comes across to me very different than a lot of the tequilas that I enjoy regularly because those Añejos have got more of that barrel-aged uh, flavor. This is a little more straightforward, but uh, but I, in a way that I really like. This makes me feel like like I would love to bring a bottle of this when I'm camping on kind of a chilly night because you, you take a sip, mm-hmm. and there's no heat to it at all, and then... After the aftertaste and everything's gone, you get this little bit of heat that just creeps up. A little and bit of warmth, yeah. Warms you up like from the inside out. It's really, really nice. Now, I don't want to rush this from the tequila, but I also don't want to get behind, and I want to have an opportunity to taste the clown shoes um, uh, baked goods. Uh, so, Ian, maybe you can get that ready. And while you do, uh, I just wanted to ask uh, a few more cigar questions since we have like cigar guys here. I'll come back to you, Ken, with, with the number of different brands and then different lines that each brand has and then different iterations of those lines uh you guys probably have i don't know several thousand choices when you walk in the humidor oh yeah definitely so so you first as a customer and then as somebody that that actually is part of the establishment do you find yourself constantly changing up to try to try a bunch of new things, or do you find those handful of favorites and keep going back to it? Oh, I'm always big on trying new things because you never know. I mean, uh, price point doesn't really matter to a certain extent. Uh, sometimes you'll find, you know, four buck stick that just tastes great, and sometimes you, you know, you might find an expensive stick that cost, you know, that doesn't even taste, you know, mind blowing. Um, so you're, always, it's always a good hunt, you know, the thrill mm-hmm. of the hunt. Uh, finding something you know that you like because you know for me if I keep smoking the same thing over and over it kind of plateaus for me so I like always like changing it up sure and then coming back right. to and, it. and then coming back to uh, things so um, do do you find that you smoke more now that you work here or do you find you might even smoke less um, actually I think I smoke a little less because a lot of times I'm at work mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm always running back and forth doing this doing that so it's not really coming here to sit and smoke like i used to um there is times where i do get to there are days when you know i might knock out six uh, you know six seven sticks in a day um depending if guys like you know aj come in and you know <laughs> start handing me cigars but uh you know there's some days where I'll, I'll i won't even get a stick in but um you know for an average i'd get a, get away with two or three in a day mm-hmm. what about you aj what, uh, what do you do you find that because you do this for a living does that impact how often you have a cigar uh, the best part of my uh, employment is that uh, 
is the cigar-related portion. I would smoke the same amount. Uh, probably just be a lot less lucrative for me uh, on the <laughs> right. on the on the uh, you know the income side. So it's it's kind of best of both worlds for me. I smoke about the same. I do find myself going back to on my off time uh, some of the favorites like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have unfortunately noticed that in my off time lately in the last two years being in the industry that I like to go back to things I know that I'm going to enjoy, but I will always try something new. I still do try new things as mm-hmm. we have new things coming out. There's always something to familiar, familiarize yourself with and also sizes too is something I've smoked around a bit more than I thought I would size-wise. I mm-hmm. always rely, um, it's real easy to walk into a cigar shop and buy a few sticks that you already know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like there's, I almost can't pass up an Ilyasion MJ-12 because I just particularly like that cigar. So I'll almost always buy one. But it's hard when you're looking at a humidor, especially the size of, of this one here, to just pick out a random cigar you haven't had. You guys have some nice end caps, though, that are like the... Introduce kind of the new things. Yeah, or, these yeah. are the new ones and those kind of things. But what I like to do in, in those situations, too, is just ask somebody who works there. This is a style. I like this cigar. I like that cigar. What do you recommend? And I've had some great recommendations uh, from the cigar shop guys just because of that. And it makes me branch out a little bit because otherwise I'll end up with the same, you know, five or seven sticks that I always have because I know they're going to be good. I know I'm going to enjoy them, you know. Well, of course, I'll always pick up Aroma Craft Tobacco Intemperance Natural, you know, with that Brazilian wrapper or, you know, a uh, Warped Futuro. I'll pick those up every day of the week, right? But as a consumer on that side. But you're right. It's nice to go in and go, hey, what's something that you like? Or, you know, what's a size that you you smoke in this that I maybe wouldn't pick up? So I, we won't have time to do this on today's show, but I'm thinking you guys would be great guests for when we do this show. We've been talking about it a little bit off the air, and I think we're going to do it uh, maybe before the end of the year, which is a Desert Island Discs and Cigars show. Uh, we'll abbreviate it a little. You'll get five Desert Island Discs and five Desert Island Boxes of Cigars. And what are they? And won't that be a fun show? Oh, like, yeah, like a yeah, blind yeah, taste yeah, kind of yeah. deal? So, right. Well, oh, no, yeah. I'm just saying, if you were going to be trapped on a desert island. Oh, you were stuck on a desert island. And you've got a CD player and five CDs, and you got five boxes of cigars for your entire time there. What are those going to be? Think about it. Don't answer, because that's going to be a whole show. Trust That'd be me. great. That'd <laughs> be great. I'd show. love to so, love to be considered for that. Let me know, guys. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 Sounds good. We're... All right. So we when we come back, we're going to taste the clown shoes. Uh, this is the baked goods hoppy pale ale, and I think we may do a little more beer tasting too because we're running behind on the beer. So uh, plus, we'll uh, Ian and I will do price to quality on these cigars that we're enjoying from Ventura. So we'll be back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 55. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant on uh, Washington Ave in Houston and soon to be open in Fort Worth. I've got to get the address of the Fort Worth place. I'm sure they know where it's going to be at this point. They're building it. So, <laughs> right. so I'll get that. We'll bring that to you in, in the next show or something. Uh, and we're live today, and it's been awesome uh, being a guest here at uh, the former Sirius Cigars, now known as Casa de Monte Cristo. And in fairness, it's Casa de Monte Cristo by Sirius Cigars. Cigars. So that's the way that uh, the Casa de Monte Cristo family is kind of keeping the names alive and the brand alive of the different shops that are being acquired into the family right yeah. that's that's very cool i like that it's because i mean serious cigars was a part of the houston you know cigar market landscape yeah, oh, yeah. for a long time it's great that that doesn't just now get completely uh dismissed well it's you know smart I mean? too because if you if you search for it, it's going to come up as Casa de Monte Cristo by Serious Cigars. So if you're used to calling it Serious Cigars, it's right, still you'll find cigars. it in the search. Of yeah, course, it's just Casa yeah. de Monte Cristo by yeah. Serious Cigars. These days of SEO, you got to keep those things consistent, right? <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, Clown Shoes beer uh, is brewed in Ipswich, Massachusetts. Uh, I lived in the Greater Boston area for seven years. Became a fan of some of the microbrews there. Although Clown Shoes didn't come along until after I had actually moved out of the area. But Ian and I have had uh, a, a number of different Clown Shoes beers and always enjoyed them today we are sampling the baked goods 
Hoppy Pale Ale. And I'm pretty sure this is a new one. It's also the first clown shoes that I've seen in a can. When I was I looking it's for the first it in the one, cooler, but... I passed over it about four times trying to figure out which one was the clown shoes because it was in a can. I didn't right. think about it. Uh, and I'm, we're, we're almost used to clown shoes only being in the Big Bombers, although they do have some six-packs. Yeah, they six have some six-packs, right. Uh, so now, I want to yeah. start off by uh, Baked Goods. This smells like uh, like cake icing. It's also with hops. Yes, I was going to say it's got that sort of hoppy, yeasty it's, flavor. Yes, but there's a little sweetness in there, which is where you're getting. I think that I haven't tasted it yet, but it smells. It literally smells, to me. It smells like 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 a white icing with hops. I'm really curious to see what you're going to think of this, Ian. I will confess that I've actually it's, already had one. It's crispy and bitter in a very good way. It's not sweet like what you'd smell. You still kind of feel the sweetness. From from the uh, from the nose of this, but you don't right. get a big sweetness. You don't get a big flavor. sweetness on your tongue. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. It's pretty well balanced overall. Mm-hmm. It's got a big aftertaste that that uh, that goes away really quickly. Which I, I think is why it um, it doesn't bother me to have this one with a cigar. I've talked on the show a lot about how I love IPAs, but sometimes that IPA hop bitterness really messes with the cigar in a way that doesn't make it a pleasant pairing. This one really kind of fades. Qu- the bitter fades quickly, and that's that's good for going back to the cigar. I think you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't conflict with my cigar at all. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because the, there's a little insidiousness to this. Is it, that as soon as you finish that you last sip, you really kind of want yeah. another sip of it. It leaves your mouth kind of watering for it. AJ, you know what I'm talking about with the uh, with the bitterness of a very hoppy of course. beer, and then trying to marry that with a cigar. Not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's difficult. I used to work over at Mongoose versus Cobra for several years as the door guy, so all I did was try beers and smoke cigars uh, at the front door while I checked your IDs. <laughs> so I have a pretty good knowledge of that stuff, a working knowledge, but especially with IPAs, I am a fan of IPAs. They are difficult. They're just so palate heavy, uh, like yes. you said, with mm-hmm. their flavors. Um, and the hops is definitely something that it's hard to to navigate. But generally, a stronger cigar can stand up. Uh, Maduro can help help on that side, but it just depends. It's hit or miss depending on the on the brewery. I will also say that AJ mentioned during one of the breaks that uh, he's a fan of good old Lone Pine Yellow Rose. That well, is like the well, greatest beer. Ever. He's he's uh, admitted to us that he doesn't drink much beer at all. Yeah. Anymore. anymore, anymore. And, yes, uh, that's the caveat. But anymore. I did yeah. see him but, go but back for said, a little more tequila. He said, "But when I do, but when I do, <laughs> but when, when I, I do, do. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes." Well, Ian, on the, what's your final verdict on the uh, clown shoes uh, baked goods? It's nice. It's a little hoppier than than my taste generally want to drink a bunch of. It does really make you want another sip of it, though. Yes, it really does. So you know, it's a nice beer. I like it. Um, Very nice. I assume that this is something you really. This is enjoy. right <laughs> down my alley. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, for so, sure. So yeah, it doesn't stop me from drinking it. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Well, that's, that's good. And you think the Axis Mundi stands up pretty well for I, you? I think it does. Again, I'll, from I, pairing, give it, I give it a moment. Right. I don't go directly to the yeah, cigar. You can't. You can't. I give it a moment to let that bitterness fade a little bit, and then I can go back to the Axis Mundi, and it holds up. Holds up pretty nice. AJ is the uh, archetype cigar that I'm smoking. Yes, sir. Today, what does this sell for? What what will we pay for this here, Ken? At uh, um, at Casa de Monte. Very on size, but usually it's about ranges from eight to eleven. Eight to eleven. Wow. Well, that's yeah, pretty really good great price point. Uh, and Ian, your cigar again is the. Um, oh, I'm having the strange passage. The strange passage. So and similar, similar price similar? points. Yeah, similar price points all throughout. Probably top end is going to be twelve, depending on what size you're at. But like Ken was saying, uh, that well, eight to twelve range. Let's take this. Let's average it to a ten dollars cigar. Okay. I'm going to go that's ahead and say average. price to quality on mine is is probably a, a, at a six. Yes. Uh, it, this is a really good cigar. The burn is impeccable. The ash falls on my shoes, however. That that mm-hmm. is a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my fault. But but no, because this, those are such The burn's impeccable. Shoes, I love the uh, box press on mine. feels great. It's uh, It's been a little soft box press. Great, uh, full-bodied, but very creamy, uh, not real peppery cigar. I kind of like it a lot. Uh, I don't think it maybe it, it may have had uh, some impressions with that... Um, Hoppy beer that I had, but it went really well with everything else that I've had so far too. So um, I'd give it a, a solid six. Now, uh, you probably don't know how our price to quality works, but uh, this is a scale of one to ten. Of course, if you're at five, you get exactly what you pay for. Okay, so right so, in the middle. Okay, like I like the like this cigar. I think you're getting a little above that ten dollar mark as far as your quality and how how good it tastes. Right. This is a little worth a little more than what you're paying for. Right. Where I put it, and and I would put, so if we're averaging to uh, to a um, 
a ten dollar cigar, I would say at ten dollars, I would say the Axis Mundi would at least be a six and a half. I'm really enjoying. This I had cigar. one of those, uh, I think, a couple weeks on the show, mm-hmm. and I think I rated it at seven. Mm. This so. is just, awesome. it's just fantastic. And I will also great say, to hear, guys, in doing the show. Um, and with as much as I have a tendency to talk, uh, this cigar has gone out once, and I relit it with absolute zero relight penalty, which was nice. Now, really quickly, before we get too far uh, too far gone in this segment, I brought you a surprise. I brought you the Stone uh, IPA, but this is the Stone Mocha, Mocha IPA. IPA. This is a style-defying double India pale ale with cacao and coffee. Well, wait till you see what I bring you next week. But okay, you I'm, guys are I'm trying down. to get me to go back to beer. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> coffee you know, and chocolate notes. I'm, I'm gonna be is, right down the whole train the show again. Is all about. So we are gonna do one more beer tasting, and that is say it again, Ian. It's the Stone, the Stone Mocha IPA. Mocha IPA, and it is brilliant. I just wow. had a sip. It is so good. It is like it is so balanced. This this may seem like. A ridiculous thing to say, but when you smell it, it's sort of like a cold coffee beer. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Actually, <laughs> and when you taste it, it hits your mouth immediately like a porter and then finishes like an IPA. It's unbelievable. Wow. That is terrific. It's un- I don't even know how they did it. Wow. The whole idea it of just a mocha IPA, changes I will tell you, right in your mouth. seems a little gimmicky to me, and then you taste the beer. Well, Stone, you know? I mean... Have These they guys. done any bad beers? And and uh, no, they haven't. Yeah. It's just so interesting <laughs> to me that you like Stone as much as you do, Ian, because they are a very very IPA centric company. But they're a company that does IPAs right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when they do a big strong IPA, it's not just tossing hops in there. They make a very balanced IPA, and I, I love the company for that. Can I love you guys. <laughs> tell us a little bit in our closing moments here. Tell us a little bit more about. About the shop, you guys have cigar lockers, obviously, for your members uh, that are members in the in the uh, members special, lounge. Uh, members lounge. Thank you. Um, uh, how many how many lockers do you have here, and do you still we have, have one hundred and fifty lockers? Um, for we also have uh, corporate account lockers, which are a little bigger for mm-hmm. multi you know multi persons. Um, so we have a lot of corporate accounts here with you know the corporate guys. Um, we also have the public lounge uh, inside, uh, in the back, towards the back, across the way from the members' lounge, which has about 14, 15 seats, TV, Wi-Fi access. And we also have an, uh, some chairs for our outside lounge uh, up front if someone wants to get sunlight. You know, it's a right. little more quieter, too. You know, back there in the back, sometimes we have the game on and everyone gets rowdy. And it's a nice certain, touch. Yeah, yeah the lobby nice chairs touch. are nice. Yeah, so now we kind of split it up so we have more places to sit. Uh, I know sometimes when you go to some lounges, um, they might have four seats th- total. Yeah. And uh, this strikes me as very spacious. And uh, obviously, we're, we may not be here at the busiest uh, peak time of the day, but it seems like there'd be plenty of room, even oh, if yeah. uh, even if it was you know uh, six p.m. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. A silly detail as well. Even in their public lounge, they have easily accessible uh, power supplies. Which, that's such a huge deal. Yeah, I can attest yeah, to that. It's deal. it's definitely a great place to work. Obviously, I'm in the cigar industry, so I'm in shops all day long, every day, seven days a week. But it is a great place to work. And uh, from even from a like you said, five six happy hour. Uh, five six o'clock happy hour standpoints. It's there's still plenty of room. We want to really thank you for uh, allowing us to be your guest here today in the Cigar Lounge uh, at Casa de Monte Cristo. We're at uh, six ten and uh, well on the South Loop uh, between Richmond and Westheimer on the east side of uh, mm-hmm. six ten. Uh, AJ, before we go, anything you want to tease that might be coming out soon uh, from the Ventura Cigar Line? Well, something that we that I am working on sales-wise, uh, just trying to get out there a little bit more, which is actually what I'm smoking today, is the chairman. Uh, it's something we came out with in conjunction with Rocky Patel, made a placencia for us. Uh, Rocky himself you know, identified the individual tobaccos that went into the blend. Him and our chairman, uh, Hugh Kassar, who is the owner of Phillips & King, the massive distribution company that everybody knows, mm-hmm. uh, more internal side, right, than, than on the consumer end. Uh, that cigar is actually is out uh, right now, and so we, we displayed that at the show back in July, and that's what I'm smoking. I, Ken was also smoking that. Even it's though, a great smoke. Yes. Yeah. Full-bodied, delicious. Love it. Love it. Can't so that's, that it. would be something that I would, I would point out. It has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, uh, Brazilian Matafina in the binder, and a Nicaraguan blend in the filler. And uh, it comes in a Robusto Toro and Torpedo, something I would look for in a black box. 
Well, we'll be looking forward to that and looking forward. I'm looking forward to just now uh, that we're wrapping up the show, spending a little time at the humidor. I love it here. <laughs> uh, it has been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for coming. allowing us to do our uh, hurricane party at Casa de Monte Cristo Anytime. Uh, in Houston. And uh, yeah, we don't have to have a hurricane, right? We can just come in. And, yeah, you don't have to have a hurricane and party over here. You can party <laughs> here anytime. Uh, Ian, it's been uh, wonderful to see you. Glad, every, glad you made it through the storm, okay? Same with you. And uh, we will be back with you once again next week for episode number 56. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant on Washington Ave in Houston. And we'll be back with you again next week. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you for having us.